Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. And uh, we want to look at some things and uh, uh, kind of, we've been looking at the covenant for 21 weeks. And uh, so we're going to kind of deviate from that just a little bit. Uh, and uh, over the next four or five weeks, deal with some things. Monday night during prayer meeting, uh, which was heaven and earth just came together Monday night. And uh, the Lord kept talking to us about the glory. And uh, the word that he gave us for 2022 said that there would be services full of the glory. And uh, we kept talking about the glory. The Lord kept talking about the glory. And he kept saying that uh, the glory flow and the glory door had opened and the glory flow and miracles from the glory and, and uh, songs from the glory. But he also kept saying something else. He kept saying that character had to be cultivated for the glory. And, uh, you know, very often when we think about character, we immediately just think about right and wrong. And obviously that's part of character, but that's like, uh, that's like uh, the package of redemption. You know, uh, in redemption, redemption's not just salvation. Salvation is part of redemption. Uh, but uh, prosperity is a part of redemption. Healing is a part of redemption. Victory is a part of redemption. So character is a package, and living right is part of it. Amen. But character has to be cultivated. It has to be cultivated because there are places that God wants to take his people, but character has to be cultivated to go there. Amen. And so for us to go to those places in the glory, we have to have his character cultivated within us. And so uh, we want to look tonight at this subject, the character of Christ. And uh, character is not formed in the fires of adversity. It's not, uh, it's not formed uh, by the troubles and the trials and the, the tests. Character is formed by the grace of God. Character is formed by the knowledge of God. And uh, the more you have the knowledge of God and the more you have the grace of God in operation in your life, the greater character you're going to walk in. Uh, in Psalm chapter 1, verse 1, It says, blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. That word is the wicked, which means crooked, nor stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful or the critical. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. Now, if we look at this very often, that last verse is a verse, you know, that's kind of plucked out, and that's in our, that's in our confession list. You know, whatever we do will prosper. But the verses before it tell us what has to happen to get to that part. For, for me to be a tree planted by the rivers of water and whatever I do prospers, the first part of those verses have to be in place. The root system is the source of the tree's life. All right? If, if the root system is shallow or not good or, or harmed, the tree's going to be harmed. Amen. The roots are the life source of the tree. And so you see part of the life source of this this issue here of my leaf not withering, whatever I do prospers. 
I'm not walking in the counsel of the ungodly or standing in the way of sinners or sitting in the seat of the scornful. That's the character issues. All right. And then I'm like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaf will not wither and whatever he does will prosper. Hallelujah. If there's not good lasting fruit that remains, it should be understood there's a problem with the root system. If you don't see fruit that remains, there's a root system issue. All right? Psalm uh, 52. Psalm 52 and uh, verse 8. He says, the psalmist says, I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I'm like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. Green represents life. Uh, Olive represents healing. So he says, I am a life-giving, healing-producing tree. Amen. Now, Now notice we're talking about the root system. If I have a good root system, I'm like a green tree, a green olive tree. Do you see that? If my root system's good. If, if my root system's not any good, this is not what's going to happen. Amen. In uh, Psalm 92, Psalm 92, I, I hope you brought your turning finger. Because we have a lot of verses to go to. Uh, Psalm 92, verse 13, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. That word is green. They'll, They'll be fat and green. Now, in order to develop the roots for character, our roots have to be planted in the house of the Lord. Now, that involves church attendance, but it's not just church attendance, all right? If you're planted in the house of God, you're planted in that, in where you're, where you're taught. You're planted there, all right? That's where you are. You know, a tree, a tree doesn't decide to move tomorrow, right? If, if a tree is planted, it's there, Right? If, if this is where God has you or a church where God has someone, they need to be planted there because he says, notice, that when you're planted in the house of the Lord, you'll flourish in the courts of our God. There's a flourishing that happens. But notice, what is affected when you constantly uproot, uproot, uproot a tree? The root system. The root system is affected. And, and we, we've shown already partially that the fruit is a product of the root. I had someone come out and look at a tree. I have, I have a, a Japanese maple. And they were saying, I'd like to move that from here to over here. They said, but if we wait too long and we try to move it, it'll shock the tree. And it, and it could stop growing. And you got to watch the root system. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So if you're planted there, you're planted. You can't constantly expect to pull up where you're planted from and bear fruit. Amen. See, it's not just being in our church. It's being in a church and planting yourself there. I mean, I happen to think we're the best church in the world, but, you know, there, there, there are others out there that are really good. But you understand what I mean? I, but I've got to be planted. I've got to be planted. You know, the Lord showed me this in, in, my, in my growing up years. And, and I'm, I'm not, you know, uh, upset or anything of that nature, but it's just the way it was. I never lived anywhere for more than two years. Year and a half, two years, we just moved from city to city. And here's what it did. You never cultivated long-lasting relationships. 
because you eventually got to the place where it just it didn't matter, you know, if you had friends because you're going to be leaving. So you never did what? What do we call it? You never put down roots. Is that right? When Pastor Michelle and I got married and the Lord moved us to Kansas, I told the Lord, I said, I'm not moving. I'm not moving my family around. I said, if, you, if you're moving me here, you're moving me there. Amen. And, and for the next 30 plus years, well, almost 30 years, we lived there. And here's what the point I'm making. And my kids all put down roots, and all of them but one still live there. Well, two, one's in Boston. I don't know what possessed her, but in any event, she's come, but she's coming back. And, and the point is root system, root system. That's where all their friends are. That's where all their acquaintances are. Amen. And he said, when you plant your roots in the house of the Lord, that you will flourish there. Do you see this? Amen. Hallelujah. And he said, you'll flourish like a palm tree and grow like a cedar. The palm tree grows quickly. The cedar grows more slowly. But it's stately, it's durable, it's stable. Amen. So we want to do both. We want to grow and flourish quickly and be stable and durable. Yes, sir. I want, right? That happens as I cultivate my character. I'm, I'm growing quickly. The more I'm in church, I'm growing quickly. But the more I'm sinking my roots down, I'm durable. Right? I'm durable and stable. That's so important. Glory to God. Do you see that? In 2 Peter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, hallelujah, because I've been doing this long enough to tell you that most people that I see struggle, and, and I'll use ministers, most of the time it's not because they can't preach, and it's not because they don't have a grasp of Scripture. Or that they're not anointed, or that they're not charismatic. Nine times out of ten, it's that they have no character. That will always show up. Amen. When when the Lord when the Lord when the Lord connected me to my pastor, the thing that attracted me the most was not how good of a minister and teacher he is, although he is phenomenal. It was the durability. It was, it was the steadfastness. It was the sameness. It was the longevity. Amen. It's somebody that was doing something at that time for almost 40 years full time can surely teach you something. Amen. It's, it's character. Second Peter verse, chapter 3, verse 18. He says, notice... But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. We grow slowly in in the grace of God like the cedar. Every day you're growing in the grace of God. We grow quickly in his knowledge like the palm tree. Slowly in the grace, quickly in the knowledge. Do Do you see that? Because that grace is out working in my life every day. All right? But I, I'm, I'm learning. You, I, Brother Jim was talking tonight about, you know, what he had read this morning and, and how it administered to him. Well, he grew this morning. He read Proverbs chapter 20, verse 3, and he grew. Amen. Amen. Took a growth spurt like he needs one. Took a growth spurt. <laughs> but there's aspects in his life the grace of God is still out working in. Amen. Take time to grow your roots. Don't get in a hurry. Take time to grow your roots. If you're rooted in the right attitudes, you won't be moved. That's why Psalm 1 said you can't sit in the seat of the scornful or stand in the counsel of the ungodly or walk in the way of the wicked. See, because that will affect your attitude. That will affect your attitude. 
and you'll have the wrong attitudes about things. Hallelujah. Look at Proverbs 11. Proverbs chapter 11. Thank you, Lord. Because to, to go to that place, the Lord kept saying to us Monday night, you are carriers of the glory. You're carriers of the glory. Right? And, and again, to, to, to go to those places, we have to have his character cultivated. Hallelujah. Proverbs 11 and verse 30. <clears throat> the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. So what, what, what that's saying is the fruit in your life should produce life. Yes, sir. Amen. Notice chapter 12, you're right there, verse 3. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. That's a good place to say, that's me. So, so notice the root of the righteous is not moved. No matter what comes, no matter what happens, I'm not moved. And I'm not moved just because I am a believer or because I, I believe the word. I'm not moved because my attitudes are right and my character has been cultivated. Amen. Amen. There are things that won't move you when your attitude's right. Hallelujah. You know, in a plane, uh, there's a, the, the most central piece of equipment is the attitude indicator. And the attitude indicator shows you the attitude of that plane. Well, what that means is the plane's position in relation to the ground. Your attitude can crash you or save you. Amen. Have you ever been around somebody that just had a bad attitude? You're not saying anything. Y'all all know saints, I see. No. I, I've been around people before that were just embarrassing. Their attitude was so bad. Christian people, tongue-talking people. And you'd go to a restaurant, and something might not go their way, and they just let them know exactly what they thought. And I'm sitting there thinking, you are giving away pieces of your mind that you can't afford to give away. Just the attitude. Amen. We all like good service, but there are things that are beyond my control. My attitude. And that person is showing the shallowness of their root system. Because something like that can move them. Right? It should take more than a bad meal to move us. I said us. It should take more than just a bad traffic day to frustrate us. See, my character has to develop past that. Because when I get frustrated in traffic, now wherever I'm going, I'm frustrated. I'm going to get away from that right now. <laughs> We're the righteous. Look at, look at uh, Proverbs 12, 12. The wicked desires the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. We're the righteous. And, and when we put down roots in the word of God and in the spirit, those roots hold us steady. That's how that sameness is developed and cultivated. That you're the same every day. You're the same in every circumstance. Amen. Pe people should know how we're going to react to things because we're the same. Amen. No, no extremes. When, when you see people that have extremes, there, there's an issue with their roots. They're not very deep. People that one day they're doing this and one day they're doing that and the next day they're doing this and the next day they're doing that, 
You don't get involved with those people. Because the Bible says that God doesn't want, God does not fellowship with people that are given to change. That doesn't mean we never change. The word means changers. They're going to do this one day, and they're going to do this the next day, and they're in this business venture today, and they're in this one tomorrow, and next month they're doing this. I'm in realty today, and I'm going to do this tomorrow, and I'm going to start my business next. The Bible says whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Amen. If you're going to develop your character... You got to know the difference between talent and gifting. Your talent is not what you're put on the earth for. Your gift is what you're put on the earth for. You, you, you have talent, but you're built for your gift. Are you following me? And, that, and that's why you can take somebody... You can take somebody that is a phenomenal singer, but that's not their, that's their talent, but not their gift, and they won't prosper singing, but they'll prosper in their gift. And if I'm going to cultivate character, I've got to be in what I'm gifted to do. Amen. Our trust in God causes our roots in Him to grow deep. And the more you can trust God, the deeper your roots will go. Look here at Jeremiah 17. <coughs> Hallelujah. That's a good place to tell your neighbor, grow, baby. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Jeremiah 17, verse 7. Blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. He will be as a tree planted by the waters and spreads out her roots by the river and will not see when heat comes. But her leaf will be green and, not shoot, uh, and shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Now, do you see this? The man that trusts in the Lord will be like a tree planted by the waters and spreads out her roots. They will not see when heat comes. Their leaf will be green and will not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. That word, uh, the, the year of drought, means the year of restraint. Isn't that interesting? That would, that would, that would perfectly describe 2022. <coughs> Where people are saying, restrain, don't do this, restrain. It's a year of restraint, but not for us. The Bible said the, the word of the Lord that came to us was it's a year of astounding abundance. Yes, sir. Now, notice something. This does not say the man who is forged in the heat of adversity will have strong roots and character. You know, that we used to sing a song in church, and it said, I, 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 I've come to find out that my trials only come to make me strong. Problem with that, that's not a Bible verse. That's somebody's idea. I mean, through it all, I did learn to trust in God. But it was getting into the Word, not because of my trial. Trials do not come to make you strong. Trials come to knock you down. Amen. If trials made us strong, we'd all be spiritual giants. <laughs> Hallelujah. Trials and adversity only reveal what character you have or don't have. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When trials come, it reveals what's inside. For, for years, I've dealt with in, with recovery scenarios, uh, addict uh, uh, addiction recovery, and I've said this for years, if if you give a a hardworking uh, family man hundred and fifty dollars, he's going to spend it different than a cocaine addict. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Now, here's the question, though. That $150, is that money bad? Well, he went and bought cocaine with it. That money just revealed what was in him. You see, some people, trials come, and they pick up roots and fall away. Other people stand there and take it and overcome because it's what's inside the person. If character's not cultivated, you're easily moved. Character makes you heavy. Character makes you hard to move. The, the enemy doesn't know what to do with a person of character. Amen. The root system for character is formed in God and in God's Word. It's formed in God and in God's Word. Hallelujah. Look here at Matthew 7. Matthew chapter 7. Am I helping you? I don't want anything between us and what God wants for us. Nothing. And uh, Matthew 7, verse 15, Jesus says, Beware of false prophets that come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You will know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree, notice this, cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruits hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Amen. Now, Jesus tells us how to identify false prophets. He says their fruit is the evidence. Is that right? Said it twice. Said it in the beginning of that discourse and at the end. There are seven things that are earmarks of false prophets. Seven things that are earmarks of false prophets. Number one. They usually talk about how they're a special vessel. I'm a special vessel. I'm special. Now, we're all special. We're all special to God. But I have, you know, I have a revelation nobody else has. That's, That's one of the earmarks of a false prophet. Number two, they'll eventually attack the leadership of the church. Now, see, a false prophet's not just someone that calls themselves a prophet. A false prophet is anybody that says they're speaking for God. God said to me. God spoke to me. I, I used to know a guy that, that uh, he, was, he, he considered himself very spiritual, and he was consistently uh, attacking the leadership of the church. Well, see, that's bad fruit. What? What is bad fruit evidence of? A bad root system. No character. If the fruit's bad or non-existent, Jesus said the only thing you can do is cut the tree down. Oh, glory. Uh, They bring a message of doom, death, and fear with a controlling spirit. They bring a message of doom, death, and fear with a controlling spirit. Understand, if somebody has to be in control of everybody around them, it's a character issue. Amen. I've known pastors sending out people into the the flock to, to spy and to report back. Dear God.
If, if a minister is no more confident of his anointing and his calling than that, dear Lord, he's got problems. Amen. Did you see this? This is part of cultivating character. They uh, usually come from a place some distance away and say they have a message from God they've been sent to deliver. They just blew in, blew up, and blew out. <laughs> Hallelujah. But see, it's a, char- it's a character issue. When, when I say things like this, it kind of just seems like a light statement. If I say something to you that I believe God said, number one, I say it in front of everybody, usually. And number two, I'll be back Sunday. I live here. Amen. What Pastor Larry say? I'm a Malmelian. I don't know if that's a word or not. But anyway, it'd be different if I lived in Kansas City and came down here every six months. I'm I'm here every week. It's important that you see this because this 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 is 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 character. You're you're looking at the character. You know, the enemy's never going to come and give you a word that lets you know it's him. It's always going to sound good. You know, right now, the devil knows what you need. If, if you need a certain amount of finances, he knows it. If you've got issues in your marriage, he knows it. And there are people that he is cozy with that consider themselves spiritual that will come to you and tell you what he wants you to hear. And you've got to be, you've got to be spiritually aware enough to not be moved by the great words and be feeling in your spirit. Amen. Well, what do I say if it's wrong? Well, you don't have to say anything. Just don't take it. Now, personally, when somebody starts telling me something that I know is not God, I go, whoa, 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 hang on. That's not God. Well, what if they get mad? I don't care. It's, it's, you don't want that spoken over your life. Because it's coming from a place of no character. Am I helping you? Oh, glory. I think that was number four. Number five, they have a rebellious or unteachable spirit and will not recognize spiritual authority. I had a guy come to the church one time and he came in on a Sunday morning and and during those days, Pastor Michelle went to a place downtown in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, and taught on Sunday mornings. Uh, it was a, 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 a rehab center, Kansas Multicultural Alcohol and Drug, tr- Drug Treatment Center. And uh, her and our worship leader would go down there. Well, he came in after she was gone. This guy came in after she was gone, and, and worship was going on, and I had to go out uh, to my office to do something. I came back in, shook his hand. I didn't know who he was. And long story short, after church, uh, uh, I was I was shaking hands with people, and he came up to me, and he said, uh, I'm here because of that lady in the foyer where there was, there was a picture of Pastor Michelle and I in the foyer. I said, okay, you mean my wife? He said, yeah. And he never really said much about it, but I had mentioned, uh, I had called her Pastor Michelle from the pulpit and mentioned another woman pastor that we were uh, acquainted with, and he said, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, I need to talk to you about her talking to my about my wife I said well uh you know she's not here but whatever you need to talk to her about you can talk to me about and well he didn't want to do that and so he left well the next day Monday morning uh they would give me all the newcomers cards and at that time I would call all the newcomers personally and uh so I uh I called and I didn't know it was this guy when I called him and I called him and uh when uh, he answered the phone I knew it was him and I thought oh lord but I went ahead and talked to him. I said, you know, this is Pastor Steele, and, and you know, I wanted to, to thank you for coming. And uh, because he had told me, 
uh, that day, Sunday morning, that he was prophet so-and-so. And, uh, but here's, here's what I'm getting to, is uh, he started telling me how wrong I was. I said, well, I don't understand what you mean. He said, well, you recognize women pastors. I said, well, yeah, Jesus does too. And it got real quiet on the other end of the phone. And I said, do you think Jesus knew that Paul wrote, there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, bond nor free? And he said, well, you know, but I'm a prophet. And so I said, I said, well, brother, let me ask you a question. He said, yes, ask me. I said, uh, who's your pastor? Got quiet. Uh, I, I don't need to be under a pastor. I'm a prophet. I said, well, there's your problem right there. I said, you have no authority in your life, so you have no character. You're just a loose cannon. You're running around telling people whatever you want to tell them. He hung up. But see, a rebellious or unteachable spirit, people with character want to be taught. I want to be told I'm wrong if I'm wrong. Amen. If I'm wrong, tell me. Because I, I don't want to end up shipwrecked. Amen. I had my, my uh, uh, regular cleaning at the dentist today, and me and the hygienist were talking, and she said, you would be surprised the people that don't come and have their teeth worked on because they're embarrassed. And she said, and we could help them. Nobody's going to say anything. We could, No matter how bad it is, but they won't come. I, you know, I was sitting there thinking, and you can't talk because they're asking you questions, and ah, ha, 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 right? I never figured that out, how they got their fingers in your mouth and they're asking you questions. So how's your day going? You sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. <laughs> but I was sitting there thinking, that's how a pastor is too. If you would just come, no matter what you're dealing with, I can help you. The Word can help you. Nobody, nobody's going to get upset with you because you've made a mistake. Or failed or didn't do the right thing. Amen. We'll take the word and give you some Novocaine. Pull the tooth. It'll all be okay. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Number six. They'll operate in familiar spirits to show you a sign or wonder. But they reveal no real lasting fruit. They will operate in a familiar spirit. I've been, I've been in services before, and, and somebody would start moving what they called in the gifts, and I knew that's a familiar spirit. And, and people say, but, but, but there was a sign, there was a wonder. Right. God honors the faith of the people. That's why you can have a vessel that has no character, but God will honor your faith. That's why no matter who's ministering, your trust is in God. And if your trust is in God, God will always come through for you. Ever who fails you, God will always come through. Oh, glory. Number seven, they usually have no affiliation or accountability in their lives. Nobody that you can contact. Nobody that you can inquire about their ministry. They are, they are renegades. They're by themselves. Amen. If, if you're a minister, you need a covering. You need a fellowship. You need a company. Amen. I, hallelujah. I, I tell people all the time, I love my company. When I go to California and I'm with Fresh Oil, I love my company. When I go to Tulsa, I'm with FCF, I love my company. When I go to Fort Worth, I'm with Brother Jerry with uh, a Heritage of Faith, I love my company. I surround my people, my, myself with people of like precious faith. And I surround myself with people that have enough experience to speak into my life. If you're just hanging around your peers, you're not hanging around anybody that can speak into your life. 
You got, you got to be around somebody, if I can say it this way, this is a light treatment of it, but somebody that either knows more or has done more that can speak into my life. Amen. The forming of character is defined as moral excellence, firmness, integrity, moral excellence, firmness, integrity. I like that because firmness, there's a solidity there, uh, moral integrity. You know, we get the word integrity. It's where we get the word, we get the word integer, uh, integer, and integer is a whole number. All right, one, two, three, four, five. You know, one and a half is not a whole number. Integer, it means wholeness. It means completeness. Character is defined as completeness, wholeness, solidity, stableness. Amen. The inner life of a man or a woman of God will either uh, reflect the traits of the lower nature or the higher nature that's influenced by the Word of God. That's how you can discern character. Are, are they being influenced by the lower nature or the higher nature? Because if they're being influenced, the, 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 the traits of the lower sin nature, then you can understand that's their inner life. Amen. Notice Hebrews 1, Hebrews chapter 1. I told you we had a lot of scripture tonight. Hebrews 1 and 3, speaking of Jesus, it said he was the brightness of his glory, notices, and the express image of his person, of God. Jesus was and is the express image of the Father. That, that's, that's detailing his character. Amen. I know a minister, his favorite saying is, I won't lie to you, about you. I won't lie to you, for you, or about you. Character. I've told myself many times over the years, a thought will come into my mind, and I'll say, no, 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 my character won't allow me to do that. That's important. Jesus is the express image of God. Well, notice Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5. And uh, verse 1. See, that's why you don't want to hang around shifty people. Yes, sir. Oh, plate banging Ray. <laughs> Amen. Because, because it'll affect you. Amen. Amen. If, if you're looking to be close with somebody and they're not completely honest with you about something, you better stop. You better come to full stop because there's a character issue. Love equals honesty. If I love you, I'm going to be honest with you. Amen? And if something comes up, you find something out, well, why didn't you tell me that? Well, I just did. Uh, it's a character issue. You better come to full stop. All stop. Every engine stop. I'm, I'm telling you, male or female, the greatest thing that you need to find in a man or a woman or a young man or a young woman is not the most pretty eyes or the best physique. It's the best character. All that, all that other stuff can be changed. If he or she is out of shape, that can change. But character, character, if it's not there at the beginning, don't think you're going to change them. This, that's, that's crucial. That's crucial. Because that's what you're going to bring into your life. And especially if you marry that person, now you're one with that. Thank you, honey. 
Ephesians, that I, I just feel like camping there for a minute. That's important. Because, you know, ever how you look at it, looks, things of that nature, they have to be secondary. Because they're, they're, they're the most carnal of things. They're the most changeable things. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, we, we have the, the different slides of different, especially on our television program. Every time the slide switches, my wife has a different hairstyle. Short, medium, curly, long, straight. Now, I love it. But, but it's the most changeable of things. Is that right? You can see somebody that was, that was 75 pounds overweight and don't see him for three years, and they've lost 100 pounds. Well, dear Lord, what, it changed. When you got born again, your root system changed. Now, I want to be affiliated with people that are of the same system, the same root system. Amen. Oh, let me hurry. Ephesians 5.1, be therefore followers of God as dear children. The word follow, followers is, is the word mimetes. It's the same word that Jesus used in uh, uh, the book of Matthew when he said, uh, 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 come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. It's the Greek word mimetes. It means to mimic or to imitate. And so this word followers is imitators. I'm to imitate God. Imitate God where? Imitate God in his character. And the only way to do that is by spending time in his word. Putting my roots down and then I'll develop the character of Christ. Yes, sir. As I'm spending time in his word. If I want to see what God's character is, I look at his word. Deuteronomy 7 says he's the faithful God that keeps mercy and covenant for a thousand generations. So we see something about his character. He's faithful and merciful. He's loving. He's forgiving. But he also said, I won't, I won't pardon the guilty. In other words, I won't just blow it off. If it's wrong, it's wrong. You got to repent and get it right. That's character. Amen. If, if you're raising children... It's never okay that they did wrong. Yeah, but I, 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 I want to be nice to them. I'm, I'm nice to them, but it's never okay to do wrong. It's never all right to not do right. Because that develops bad character. Amen. Did, do you see what I'm saying? That's the character of God. If it was wrong, it was wrong. Hallelujah. And it develops a bad root system. I, I know people that have just little kids, just little kids, and mom will say, go do this, and they'll go, no, no. And everybody go, oh, isn't that cute? No, it's rebellious. It's the thing that got the devil kicked out of heaven. It's not cute. It's rebellious. It's bad character being formed. Amen. Oh, glory. Yeah, but, you know, they don't know what they're doing. I know they may not know. They do, too, know what they're doing. They're telling you no. And they know what no means. where the issue with especially little children and the parents this is not up for a discussion we're not discussing you have nothing to bargain with right you have no job you don't pay any bills you have nothing to bargain with. Go clean your room. 
Well, let's make a deal. Here's the deal. Go clean your room and I won't swat you. Now, I know that's not the case in every situation, but what I'm trying to explain to you is you can develop those character issues because I'm not teaching that child that I am the voice of God in your life right now. If you won't obey my voice, you won't obey God's voice. You got to listen to me so you can, your voice for your child is training for them to hear from God. That's so important. And I want my child soft-hearted, and I want them pliable in the things of God. And listen, I am right over on my forehead. You can just write pushover. I am, right? For either one of my girls sitting here on the front row, what do you want? How much do you need? When do you want it? That's my mindset. But right is right and wrong is wrong. Moving right along. As we develop the character of God in us, we can get to the place where we move and think and act like God. That's why, remember Acts 17, 28, it says that Paul was in Athens, and when he saw all the different uh, altars to the gods, his spirit was stirred within him, and he began to talk to them, and he said, I saw your altar to an unknown God, and he said, this is who I preach And he said, in him we live and we move and we have our being. The Roos Bible says, in him we derive our life and have motion. So my life comes from God. Now, there are words in the Bible that define what we mean by character. And we'll go through these real quick. We're almost done. Uh, Number one, divine nature. 2 Peter 1.4 says we're partakers of the divine nature. Divine nature. Uh, New nature. New nature. Divine nature, then new nature. Uh, The third one is the new man. Colossians chapter 3 verse 9 and 10 talks about the new man. Not new man, sitting right there, new, the new man. <laughs> then new creature. Now, why is that all so important? I have the divine nature of God in me. I have a new nature. I have a new man. I am a new creature. That changes my character. The whole purpose of the Spirit of God within us is so we can partake of the divine nature. And the nature of God is in our spirit, but I have to allow the forming of my character by putting down roots in the Word of God. I have the new nature. I have the nature of God, but I have to allow that character to be formed by putting my roots down in the Word of God. Amen. God desires to form his character in us. He wants our character to be a reflection of his character. Hallelujah. That so many years ago, or I, I don't know how many years ago, 20, 25 years ago, the Lord helped me see that. That, that to my family, I was, I was the blueprint of God. As the husband and, and the dad. That my children were going to get their idea of God from me. Not just what I said, but how I treated their mom. How, how my attitudes were. Amen. Whether I was able to help or not, or would help. I remember one time, oh, we had a cold snap in Kansas City, and it was, it was below zero for weeks and uh uh this particular morning it was like eight below and uh my daughter called me she lived across uh, town in in a apartment complex and she said dad i i need to go to work and i i i got out this morning and uh my car won't start it's just clicking i said well your battery's dead and she said well 
I called uh, Junior, this guy she was seeing, and uh, he said it was too cold to get out. I said, well, I'll be right there. And so me and Mama went down, and I went and took the battery out of her car and took it to the auto store, and uh, they gave me a core, you know, refund on it, and I bought a new battery, bought her the best battery they had, took it down, put it in there. Boy, it's cold. It's eight below zero. It's cold. And she was sitting in the car, and I'm, I'm working. And uh, so I, I, I got it going, got it started, took her keys to her. I said, well, there you go, baby. I said, if you need anything else, let me know. And so we got home. She called me a little while later. She said, Dad, I just called him. And I told him, I said, uh, uh, you got some pretty big shoes to fill if you ever think you're going to take my dad's place. Because you just, you just, you, you just can't do it. And, and I got off the phone thinking, well, that's my goal right there, just to set the bar real high. Well, here's the thing. Not only does she know dad won't ever fail her, because if I can help it, from that example, she knows God won't fail her. And ever how my children have ever lived in their life, when they hit a hard spot, they call mom and dad to pray with them, and they, they go to God themselves. I'm telling you, when, when our grand, am I helping you all with this? When our grandson was born, and he was born with a hole in his heart, and they started talking about open heart surgery from the, from the day he was born. And he was born, uh, he was born three months premature. So he was... About as big as that paper, about that long, Griffin Wayne, mighty Griffin. And, uh, uh, but I was coming home from prison ministry, and I was praying in the Spirit because he had been born. They told me what had happened, and I just got a note of victory. And I and, and, uh, went in there, and Pastor Michelle was leading everybody in prayer. We were all about to leave, and I was walking uh, by the bed, and my daughter-in-law was there laying on the bed. And I just reached over, and I kissed her on top of the forehead, on the head, and I said, Becca, you may not understand this, but I'm telling you, we got this. Everything's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. God's going to take care of this. Well, they kept talking about open heart surgery. Well, we're going to wait till he's six months. Well, he got to six months. Ah, he, he, I don't think he needs it right now. And we'll talk about it at a year. Well, they got to a year, and they said, well, we're not going to do it, and, and we might not have to do it. We may be able to go through his leg and, and patch it that way. Okay, come back in a, in a year. And so they went back the next year, and they kept putting it off and putting it off. And, and I testified about this, but here's my point. They, they went, was a year ago now? A year ago, they went to the cardiologist, and the cardiologist said, I don't need to see him anymore. He's going to be fine. The hole, I forget the exact dimensions, but the hole had shrunk nearly closed. Now, I, I, hear me. I'm not bragging on Philip. I'm telling you, your character has to be cultivated with your family to the point that when you step up and you say, God said, they believe God said it. That family, when the Lord gave Pastor Michelle that name for him, Mighty Griffin, that family got a hold of that, and that's what everybody called him. His grandmother, I was standing by the incubator, and she said, well, you know, it's like Michelle said, he's Mighty Griffin. I said, yes, ma'am, he is. Amen. Me and that boy, we are joined at the heart. I go to his house. He won't talk to anybody else, but when he knows Paul's coming, he says, Mommy, Paul and I are going to go up in my room. We're going to talk. And we go up in the room and talk. He plays games and we talk. But here, here's my point. When you, I, I, I got to be done. There, there's more here, but it's, it's, it's too much notes and not enough time. When you begin to sink your roots down in the word of God, your character begins to affect everybody in your life. I want to be a man of honor. I, I, every man that becomes affiliated with my ministry, I've always prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, I want to develop men of honor. Men of honor, men of integrity. And we're doing it. Yes, sir. Amen? Yes, sir. So say it out loud. I have, I have within me within the, nature the nature of God and the ability, and the ability 
to cultivate the character of God. And I determine in my heart, I will cultivate the character of God in my life. So I can be a carrier of the glory of God. Hallelujah.